Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with The Fall Guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall Guy. Fall Guy. Fall Guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Welcome right. to New York. Oh. This is is the Devil's Devil's State of of Mind Podcast, podcast. brought to you by the Hockey Hockey Podcast Podcast Network. Network. Now here's your host, host, Neil Villapiano! What is going on, Devils fans? It is your host, Neil Villapiano, and welcome to another edition of the Devils State of Mind podcast right here on the Hockey Podcast Network, the best place to get everything you need to know about your new Jersey Devils. I hope you guys are having a fantastic day wherever you're listening to this podcast episode. Thank you guys, as always, for taking some time out of your day to check these episodes out. I really do appreciate it. It means a lot to me, and it really motivates me every week to put out new episodes, new content every week, whether it's these podcast episodes or interacting with you on social media or even doing the live watch-alongs like the one I just did uh, back on Saturday night uh, in the Devils' victory over the Buffalo Sabres. And that's also kind of why I didn't do you know my typical woo at the beginning of um, – beginning of this episode and why my voice might seem a little bit down i'm not i'm not down like mood wise or anything uh my voice is obviously just uh it's still pretty shot from the watch long you know doing that for three hours straight just by myself and i also went to the new york giants game on sunday as well uh, and i did a little bit of yelling there as well obviously cheering on the giants to victory as they beat the carolina panthers to get just their second win of the year but uh, I'm still super excited as I always am to talk with you guys and obviously, you know, you know, talk about and give you guys updates as to basically everything that's going on with the Devils. And now we are through four games. Uh, we just had two uh, this past week prior to my, um, well, after the last episode that I put out, uh, the game against the Washington Capitals. And obviously, like I mentioned before, the game against the Buffalo Sabres back on Saturday night. And the Devils continue to get off to a very solid start as they now are three and one at the time of this recording. And they're slowly but surely starting to get guys back in the lineup and also just getting some good news about players in general. So there's a lot of there's a lot of good vibes more or less going on right now. And uh I'm definitely happy that things are 
I guess you could say taking a turn for the better and the Devils continue to get off on the right foot to start this year, which is important. So that's really a great thing. So as always, we have a ton, a bunch, excuse me, to get through on this edition of the Devil State of Mind podcast. So let's not waste any more time and get rolling. So we're going to start by kind of recapping the Devils game um, against the Washington Capitals back on, what was that? That there was a uh, Thursday, the, the 21st of October. And obviously going into the game, Devils are 2-0. They're obviously feeling pretty good about themselves. The Capitals 2-0-1. So both these teams are getting off to uh, really good starts, maybe more, and this shouldn't be coming as a surprise, but obviously a little bit more surprising from the Devils' perspective than it was the, um, the Capitals. But this was going to be the first full game that we were going to be without Jack Hughes. And prior to that game, we actually found out um, basically on Thursday morning what the situation was. The Devils announced that they had placed uh, Jack Hughes on injured reserve with a dislocated left shoulder. Uh, uh, head coach Lenny Ruff said back on Thursday, probably the best case, it's bad, but it probably could have been worse. Um, he will be reevaluated in a week. So by the time we get to uh, next Thursday at the latest, uh, we'll probably have a better idea as to how long Jack Hughes really is going to be out. At the moment, he's been uh, rehabbing with the trainers and kind of going from there. We also got word that obviously Jack Hughes is pretty pissed off about this. Um, you know, obviously it's he gets hurt in just the second game of the year, can't finish that game. And now he's in a position where he could be out for a, a considerable amount of time that, you know, we're obviously hoping that that's not the case. Um, but at the same time, uh, you, you don't know, especially in the history that we've had with some of our main guys when they get hurt. The two prime examples of this are obviously uh, Mike Camilleri five, six years ago where he was out. They listed him as day to day and he ended up missing the last uh, three, four months of the season, uh, basically more a little more than half of the season due to an injury. And the same was for Taylor Hall uh, three years ago. Where it was the same thing. It just kind of kept lingering on and on. And he never came back into the lineup that season. Uh, I'm obviously not saying it's time to panic and that's what's going to happen to Jack Hughes. It's just um, it just makes you feel. Uh, very worried and kind of assuming that the worst is going to happen. Uh, but luckily, a you know a, a dislocated left shoulder is actually the best case scenario. And judging by it from a lot of things that I, I've uh, I've read, uh, it looks like it could potentially be a four, five, maybe six week injury. So whether we like it or not, Jack Hughes is going to miss some time. Uh, we won't know till later on this upcoming week as to how long he really will be. So I think that's kind of the thing that we're looking for. Um, we're looking forward to getting the answer to um, in the next couple of days. Uh, Ruff also went on to talk about, you know, his discussion with Jack Hughes saying we had a really good conversation yesterday. We talked about the injury, talked about the amount of time it might take to recover. We talked about the fact he's young and will heal, will heal quick, getting back and just being ready to take off where he finished off here. Obviously very disappointed and down on being hurt, but I just tried to pick him up a little bit. And like I said, you know, Jack Hughes has every right to be upset and down because you look at how he came out in the first four periods of the season, two goals, including the overtime game winner and the home opener uh, against the Blackhawks. And he added an assist earlier in that first period against the Seattle Kraken. So he was already beginning what we all expected was going to be a breakout year for number 86. And unfortunately now um, he will have to sit on the sidelines and obviously try to recover um, before he can continue on. Uh, so the hope is really that this is not a season ending injury and it's something that he can come back and be at full strength when we, when, uh, when he's ready to go. 
we kind of go from there. So that's kind of the main update that we have with Jack Hughes at the moment. And again, like I said before, and like the Devils and Lindy Ruff in particular mentioned, we're not going to really know anything. We're not going to be able to really give you a definitive idea. The Devils are not going to be able to give us a definitive idea as to, you know, how long he really will be out until they reevaluate him later on this week. So we will see what happens with that. But going to the game against the Washington Capitals, like I mentioned, was the first time without um, without Jack Hughes. And I'm not going to spend a terrible, uh, a terribly long amount of time on this game because when games like this happen where the Devils are kind of just not really there, uh, they struggle throughout most of the game and they end up losing by a couple goals. Unless I'm like really upset about something like I do, like, like you guys have seen before in rants and things like that. Um, I'm not really going to spend a whole lot of time on this. Uh, the first thing that we we actually found out was that Jonathan Bernier is day-to-day with a lower body injury. So not only do we not have our starting goaltender, but we don't have our backup either. So Scott Wedgwood, who was starting the year off just like last year as the third goaltender, had to come in and play. The Devils recalled um, Nico Dawes, our, one of our rookie goaltenders, uh, to be the backup uh, for, for at least that game. And we were all kind of wondering how long was Bernier going to be out? We still are not really sure exactly uh, when Jonathan Bernier will be fully healthy. We're hoping again, just like with everybody else, it doesn't take, uh, it's it's not something that takes incredibly long, um, but we will see what happens with that as well. Uh, and we were obviously wondering, you know, Nico Dawes, was he going to get an opportunity to play uh, during this homestand and moving forward, considering the situation with both Blackwood, who's recovering from heel surgery in the off season and Jonathan Bernier's day-to-day situation with a lower body injury. So that obviously we're sitting here going into this game feeling number one, that it's been incredibly unfair that we've had so many of our main guys hurt. Uh, It's definitely frustrating, um, but there really isn't anything you could do about it. It's just part of the game. Injuries are part of the game and it's the next man up mentality. I think that was, that's really the mentality this team has to have and realize that, look, sometimes you're not going to be without certain guys and it's about who's going to step up in that spot and make the plays that they need to make in order to win these games. Uh, And especially against the Capitals team in which we went 0-8 against last year. Mind you, a lot of those games were decided by one goal. um, But I was hoping that the Devils would get, would have more energy. I I get it. It's a middle of the week game. Um, You know, there may not be as many fans and it may not be the same energy as we got in the first two games. But at the same time, I felt like the Devils needed to come out with a lot of energy And really right from the first puck drop, the Devils really didn't have it. I mean, you could see it. You could see that the Capitals, um, confident, uh, knowing that the Devils are shorthanded and really realizing that they were going to probably have a relatively easier time than they would if everybody on the Devils was healthy. And you saw that right away. Uh, A little more than four minutes in at the 414 mark, to be exact, Anthony Mantha um, scored on a rebound, uh, which made it one to nothing. And then about... Five minutes later, uh, yeah, about five, five and a half minutes later, uh, Dmitry Orlov scored a goal where it was just really crazy. The Devils, first of all, turned over the puck in their own zone, uh, and then it was kind of just like fluttering around, and both teams were just trying to, to get it. Um, but then Ovechkin got the puck. He took a wrist shot that was stopped by Wedgwood, but Orlov got it back and kind of just flicked it with his backhand Um while not even really looking, like he kind of just threw it at the net and it went top shelf over the glove side of Wedgwood and into the back of the net. So just before the halfway point of this period of the first period, it's already two nothing capitals. And you really could see that the devil's team in general just really couldn't generate much of anything. 
Um, there were a couple of times like when Sharon Govich hit the post where the Devils had chances, but they couldn't cash in. And you also felt like this is one of those games where the Devils, once they get that first big momentum shift, you know, whether it be a goal or something, that the game would start to change a little bit and the Devils would have more success. But it didn't really generate uh, in the second period as Daniel Sprong at about the halfway point of the second uh, scored on a breakaway, which made it 3 nothing, And that pretty much put the game out of reach. Um, Evgeny Kuznetsov, who has been on a tear to start the year, um, scored at about the halfway point of the third period to make it 4 nothing. But luckily, the Devils avoided getting shut out as at the 13-18 mark, Yanni Kuokinen just kind of did a turnaround and just fired the puck at the net on the power play, and he scored. Uh, his first of the year, just the second power play goal we've scored so far this season. Um, Severson got an assist, uh, so he got himself uh, he's got himself a golden assist through his first two games since coming back from injury. Sharon Govich got himself uh, his second assist. Um, and that was pretty much the game as the Devils fell to the Capitals 4-1, to one, have now lost, making it now nine in a row, dating back to last year, nine in a row that the Devils have dropped to the Washington Capitals. So obviously it's frustrating to play against the Capitals team that is so deep, super talented, and just is very, very confident. And you're taking on a Devils team that, mind you, it has gotten better. But you can see how the Devils really missed Jack Hughes. And I think they were still pretty shaken up from him getting hurt. And knowing that he dislocated his shoulder. And coming to the realization that he's not going to be on the ice anytime soon. And that he was doing so well to start the year. Um, it's just so many unfortunate situations happening in one particular person. Um, but as I said on the live stream and in, in other situations over the last couple of days, uh, other guys got to step up. I'm looking at Nico Heeshier in particular to step up in the locker room and also on the ice. Guys got to pick up the slack and realize, look, see, um, Jack Hughes isn't going to be with us for a while. So we have to have other guys step up and make plays in order for us to have success and in order for us to continue to win. Because the best case scenario would be is that guys are stepping up and we're winning games. And then by the time everybody gets back and we're fully healthy, we could just keep going from there and we're just that much better. I'd rather be in that position than obviously waiting around, losing frustrating games because we're missing Jack Hughes. Jack Hughes is, is, is a huge part of this organization a huge part of the future and um it's important that he comes back and he's fully healthy but at the same time he's not the only reason that the devils are going to win hockey games uh it has to be a team effort this sport is about the team effort it's not about just one individual player and these guys have to come out and they have to believe in themselves as a team and go out there and have success so that was really what i did not see in that game against the capitals lindy ruff said in himself that the devils were really bad basically from start to finish um he kind of liked how the third period went in a way where they had a little bit more fight they were able to score a goal on the power play and generate some success and it's something that uh, Ruff said that they can build upon going into the next game against Buffalo. And I said to a bunch of people on on um, social media that th this game against Buffalo, mind you, Buffalo's gotten off to a really good start, you know, three and one going into the game. This should be a game the Devils should win. You're at home. You're taking on a lesser opponent than you, really, if you want to just call it like it is. And you should come out and you should have a lot better of a game as a whole and kind of go from there. So that's really what, um, you know, we were all hoping for uh, going into that Buffalo game. And it was good that, excuse me, the Devils um, 
They had a day off prior to this game against Buffalo. Buffalo was coming in on a second, uh, the second game of a back-to-back. Uh, and so that was kind of the way we're looking at it. But again, to kind of recap this game against the Capitals, yeah, it's it's frustrating losing 4-1 to at home, getting kind of uh, outplayed from start to finish. Um, and hopefully by the time the Devils play the Capitals again, they have a better result, which obviously means that they can win because these are going to be, this is one of those teams the Devils have to have success against if they want to have any chance of making the playoffs and really having success. So frustrating loss, um, but uh, nobody goes 82-0-0 and this was bound to happen. We were bound to have a tough game like this and it was important for the Devils to just move, move, move forward to the next, to the next game against Buffalo. NFL fans, hungry for a big win this week? DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL, has you covered. New customers can bet just $5 on any NFL team to win their game. And if they do, you win $200 in free bets. Winner, winner, chicken dinner. It's that simple. If Sportsbook isn't available in your state yet, DraftKings won't leave you empty-handed. Everyone can play for huge cash prizes all season long with DraftKings Daily Fantasy Sports Contest. DraftKings is giving all new customers a free shot at millions of dollars in total prizes with their first deposit. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use promo code THPN. Bet just $5 on any NFL team to win their game and win $200 in free bets. If they win, you win with promo code THPN. This week at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. Must be 21 or older, New Jersey, Indiana, or Pennsylvania only. New customers only. Minimum $5 deposit and $1 wager required. One per customer. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Now, before I recap the Devils game against the Buffalo Sabres, I did want to mention this as well because this report came out I would say a couple minutes actually after um, we found out Jack Hughes's injury and, and his situation. Uh, we, we got this from the athletics Pierre LeBron who said the devils have opened preliminary extension talks with forward Jack Hughes. So Jack Hughes is on the last year of his entry level contract. And this is going to be obviously this was going to be a big year for Jack Hughes because he had to prove to himself and to the organization that he was worth getting a major extension. Um, and it's definitely something to keep in mind as the season progresses and, the, and to, you know, obviously see how he performs once he comes back um, from injury. Here's a little bit that was written by uh, the score. It was actually written by Sean O'Leary from the score. He says, uh, as, as I mentioned before, Hughes is in the final year of his entry level contract. He'll be a restricted free agent at season's end. So to kind of explain what that means for anybody who doesn't understand, when you're an unrestricted free agent, uh, you are allowed to freely sign with whoever you want and the team that you were that you were just with doesn't get any sort of compensation. Uh, if you're a restricted free agent, other teams can uh, negotiate a contract and you can sign that contract, but because of the fact you're a restricted free agent, uh, you're still technically, your rights still belong to the devils uh, to or whatever team you're with. And basically you have to sort of give, you have to give up assets. You have to give up assets to that, to the original team that uh, the player played for in order to get him. So it's kind of like a sign and trade, so to speak. I mean, that's basically what it is. And it depends on the player. It depends on what he was making before that results in um, a con uh, what 
type of assets we get. I don't know exactly at the moment what the assets are that Jack Hughes would get, but I really do highly doubt that the Devils are going to allow Jack Hughes to even come close to testing free agency. Um, with Nico Heischer, if you remember, when he was in the last year of his of his uh, entry level deal, which was back in 1920, the nineteen twenty season, um, the Devils signed him. I think in the second or third month of the season, they signed him to a seven year extension. I'm not saying it's going to be the same case with Jack Hughes, but I, I do believe. Uh, confidently that the Devils would be able to get a contract signed with Jack Hughes uh, before we even get close to free agency. That, that's my belief, but anything can happen. Uh, again, reading more from this article, the Devils drafted Hughes first overall back in 2019. The 20-year-old ranked second on the team with 31 points in 56 games last season, and he looks poised to break out early in 2021-22 with two goals and an assist through three contests. However, he'll miss time with a dislocated shoulder sustained during Tuesday's win over the Seattle Kraken. Uh, New Jersey projects to have over $33 million in cap space next season, according to Cap Friendly. Currently, the team only has 12 players under contract for 2022-23. So the Devils do have, uh, um, I guess you could say, a pretty absurd amount of cap space going into next year. And a main chunk of it has to has to be with, obviously, P.K. Subban's $9 million contract coming off the books after this season. So, um, the Devils will have a lot of space to make this work. I think you're going to look at contracts like the ones that Nick Suzuki got, um, maybe even Elias Pettersson to a lesser extent, and kind of go off of that. Maybe even Brady Kachuk's uh, new contract that he signed with Ottawa. Um, I would expect, this is a guess. This is a guess, so don't, um, don't give me too much uh, garbage for it, but this is a guess as to what I think the Devils may look to give Jack Hughes. I would expect them to give him between a six and seven year contract extension that's worth four and a half to five and a half million dollars uh, um, average annual value uh, per year. That's kind of my expectation. Um, I don't know if I don't want to say that Jack Hughes isn't worthy of eventually getting nine, ten million dollars, but it's hard to give somebody like that who uh, who I'm not saying he hasn't lived up to the expectations. It's just that. Also, with this injury, you don't know what's going to happen the rest of the year. And the Devils and Jack Hughes and his team know that they, they, we all have a lot of time to figure this out. So it's not something. So that's why they're saying they're having preliminary extension talks. I'm pretty confident Jack Hughes wants to be here. Uh, he knows the type of uh, position that he's in. He knows the type of role that he has on this team. And he wants to prove to himself and to the league that he is a up-and-coming star in this league. And he wants to do the best that he possibly can. So... I would say to Devils fans, including myself, don't worry about this. Let's not focus on it necessarily. But at the same time, I do believe the Devils will be able to get something done uh, at some point this season. And if not, they'll probably get something done in the offseason. I would not expect Jack Hughes to be still unsigned by the time free agency rolls around uh, in the 2022 offseason. That, that's the way that I would look at it. So just wanted to give you guys a quick update when it comes to that. So now let's go to the Devils game back on Saturday night against the Buffalo Sabres. So like I mentioned before, the Devils were coming in two and one, coming off that loss to Washington. And the Buffalo Sabres, who started the year off three and oh, and starting the first uh, four games of the year at, on a homestand, were coming off a four to one loss to the um, Boston Bruins in Taylor Hall's return to Buffalo. So that should have been, that, that probably was a lot of fun. Uh, and this was the Sabres first road game of the season on uh, the Sabres. Um, you know, they were a really tough team. The Devils uh, 
uh, faced off against last year. It was really crazy to see how much the team was struggling against the Buffalo team that ended up finishing dead last and got the number one overall pick um, in this past NHL entry draft. But uh, hey, sometimes you just struggle against certain teams for whatever reason, whether it's just the way that the teams play or anything like that. It's it's really kind of um, it's hard to explain, but sometimes it just happens. Uh, but obviously the Sabres were still coming in pretty confident and obviously getting off to a very surprising start to their year. I think you could say the same case to an extent with the Devils getting off to the start that they've gotten off to. Um, but again, the Devils were looking to try to have a better game in this one and have a better response and find a way basically to win this game because winning this game also gives you the, the chance to say, okay, we're going to we're have a winning record on this homestand and we could kind of go and then we could get into the final game, which is this upcoming Tuesday against Calgary in Blake Coleman's uh, first official uh, game back in New Jersey since he was traded. Um, it's going it, it you want to try to you want to try to get this game because you know that you have a really good chance of winning it because in many ways you're way more talented than the Buffalo Sabres just looking at it on paper. Um, the biggest news that we got, well, we got two very big news uh, pieces that came out prior to uh, prior to this game. The first one came the day before uh, when the Devils announced that Ty Smith was going to be coming off IR and finally making his season debut. So that was obviously great news. And it also confirmed for the first time and granted, it's early in the season, but the first time this year that the Devils would be at full strength on their defensive core. So that was really uh, that was really a relieving thing to hear. Then the next thing that we heard was that Nico Dawes, who had been recalled up from Utica and he had played pretty well in the in the preseason, was actually going to be starting in net for the Devils, making his NHL debut. And he ended up having uh, his parents quickly fly down from Canada and come to the rock and actually get a chance to see him make his NHL debut. So obviously the devils had some motivation, uh, some more motivation to go out and try to win this game so that, you know, Nico Dawes in his first NHL game could get his first NHL win. And the devils didn't get off to the best start as they took a penalty. It was Jonas Siegenthaler on a hold. And then with just a couple seconds to go on the power play, Dylan cousins got the puck on the right side with a lot of space. Dougie Hamilton, I felt like gave him too much space and cousins took a wrist shot top shelf over the right shoulder stick side of Nico Dawes and into the back of the net. And the Sabres grabbed the one nothing lead Bryson and Kyle Oposo got assists on it on Dylan cousins first goal of the year. And that's where it stood for the rest of that period and the entire second period and the first four minutes or so of the third. And even though the Devils had some chances, uh, once again, Sharon Govich hitting the post, uh, Marion Studenich had the puck right in front of him with a wide open net and a good defensive play by the Sabres prevented him from scoring. And the Devils had a couple power play opportunities. They just could not score. And it got very frustrating for me as I was doing this live watch along on the Hockey Podcast Network YouTube channel. Make sure you go like and subscribe to that, by the way, THPN. Um, it was just, I said it right before the third period. Somebody's got to step up here. Somebody's got to make a play to get this game going. And we thought the Devils had tied the game um, in the second, I think it was the first or second period at the top of my head, uh, but it was a play where Nico Heischer actually was in the first period. It was a couple minutes actually after the Dylan Cousins goal where the Devils were whacking at the puck. Nico in particular was whacking at the puck and the puck ended up actually in the back of the net, um, but the rep ended up blowing the whistle. And so Lindy Ruff decided to actually um, 
challenge the play, even though the Devils were going to go on a power play because the de- it was a delayed penalty as that play was happening. Uh, they went back to the replay, and again, the puck was clearly in the net, but I guess the reasoning behind it, because I couldn't hear it, because I had the TV muted for you know copyright reasons, um, the, the refs ended up saying it was no goal, and I believe it was mainly because they said the, the ref blew his whistle before the puck crossed the line. So the Devils lost that challenge and actually ended up taking a penalty, so instead of getting a five on four power play they end up having to go to uh four on four so that was really at that moment and really i would say up until the third period that was the best opportunity the devils had to time the game and it really felt like as the game progressed that if the sabers who had a couple really good opportunities on a couple you know two breakaways in particular um if they had grabbed the two nothing lead i think the game would have been over i think the devils would have said yeah we we don't have this game we're not going to find a way to win that was kind of the feeling that i got from watching this game but the devils uh continued to push forward they got back on the power play and it ended up being i believe it was uh dougie hamilton that took a shot that hit that actually um hit the back side um the boards right behind the net came right back out hit nico kisher's skate and then went through the legs of dustin tokarski and into the back of the net and the devils were finally able to score and tie the game nico kisher getting his first goal of the year dougie hamilton with his first uh his first assist of the year and Tomas Tatar adding his third assist, his third point of the year. But most importantly, the Devils were able to tie the game. And right after that, the Devils just di- dictated that period. They really, really were strong. They looked super competent. Look at, you know, here are the shots on goal in these three periods. The first period was 13 to eight in favor of Buffalo. After that, 14 to six in favor of the Devils after two in the second period, and then 15 to six in the third period the devils after that first period were the much better team especially after they tied the game on the on the nico heesher goal they really really showed that they that they deserved to win this game but dustin tokarski was just really really good in just his second game of the season made a lot of really good saves to really frustrate myself and many devils fans and this game ended up actually having to go to overtime and the devils already had a win in overtime. And that was uh, the hope was that they could find a way to win this game in overtime and not have to play in the dreaded shootout. Um, a lot of people in the chats during the live watch long predicted a, uh, a shootout uh, that was going to happen. And I was really hoping that wasn't the case. And the devils had a couple really good opportunities to score. Uh, Buffalo really didn't. I felt like most of the time the Sabres just kind of played back and were trying to play for a shootout. Um, but eventually the Devils got the puck again in the offensive zone uh, with about two minutes or so to go in the overtime. And Sharon Govich got the puck, made a nice pass over to Severson on the left side. And then Severson with a gorgeous behind the back pass to Pavel Zaka, who was also on that left side, had a lot of room on the left side, waited, waited, and took the shot top shelf over the glove side of Dustin Dekarski into the back of the net. And the Devils win the game in overtime with Pavel Zaka getting his second goal of the year and the Devils winning this one two to one in overtime and Nico Dawes had him got himself his first for his first win in the NHL in his NHL debut as he stopped 24 of 25 shots to get the victory uh the three stars of the game were Nico Dawes who obviously got his first NHL win Nico Heischer 
with the first goal of the game, the, the goal that tied it. And then Pablo Zaka was the first star getting himself the game-winning goal, his second of the year. So the Devils, despite obviously many ways at times not playing well and having some bad luck, fought through that really tough game and were able to win it in overtime by the score of 2-1. to one. And it was great for Nico Dawes. And I got to tell you something about watching Nico Dawes play. He looks like he belongs, ladies and gentlemen. I know that was just his first game and he's a rookie, but he made a lot of really good saves. He was confident. He believed in himself. He kept his stick on the ice. He, he was very firm in net and he made me feel pretty relaxed back there knowing he was going to make some saves. So it makes me to believe that he definitely, I think, is giving himself an opportunity to be um, at least the third goaltender on this team. If we're going to keep a third goaltender, if we're going to have a third goaltender on this team behind Blackwood and Jonathan Bernier. Um, and as a guy that we can definitely look at as a, uh, a goalie that we can have as our to be part of our young goaltending tandem in the future with Blackwood and obviously Nico Dawes. He really looked good. Uh, we'll see what Lindy Ruff decides to do for Tuesday's game, whether he goes with Dawes again or he ends up going with Scott Wedgwood or maybe even Jonathan Bernier. Um, gets an opportunity. Uh, we, we shall see, but it was a big victory for Nico Dawes. His family had the opportunity to see it. His mom was freaking out. His mom was crying at one point because she was just so elated and happy. And that's what it's all about. And shout out to all the hockey moms out there, especially the goalie moms. You guys waking up with us so early in the morning to get us an opportunity to go out there and play the sport that we love and chase a dream. And none of us, and even Nico Dawes, would not be in the position that we're in without your guys' um, love and dedication. So thank you guys so much for that. But a big victory for the Devils. It moves them to 3-1. and one. It, it actually um, helps us end the uh, – well, definitely confirms that we're going to end this homestand with a winning record. And now the hope is, is that going into Tuesday, the Devils can find a way to win that game and finish this homestand to start the year with a 4-1 and one record. I think that would be a great – way to get this team going especially how much they struggled to win at home last year even without fans um for them to get potentially four wins uh to start the year at home i think just gives this team so much confidence especially as guys are still recovering and some guys are slowly starting to come back now the last thing i wanted to mention that we actually found out I would say an hour or two after the game. Uh, it actually came from Sportsnet Elliot Freeman. He says, New Jersey Devils goaltender Mackenzie Blackwood is vaccinated against COVID-19 and will be eligible to play by the time the team takes its first road trip to Canada, which will be in December. Uh, December, uh, I believe he'll actually be uh, reportedly be cleared uh, by December 3rd. So that is obviously great news uh he's one of the he was one of the last unvaccinated nhlers and now the devils officially are fully vaccinated as an entire organization and the percentage now is 99.9 percent .9 in the national hockey league and that is phenomenal absolutely phenomenal um Another thing to mention here, as it's written in this article, the Canadian goalie who's reportedly on Team Canada's long list for the 2022 Olympic Games said in early October he was leaning towards getting the vaccine. Uh, Detroit Red Wings forward Tyler Bertuzzi is now the lone unvaccinated remaining player. So if he gets vaccinated, then the entire National Hockey League will be vaccinated. I think that I think he will. I think you will. And the reason I brought up the other point is because a couple days ago, we got a report uh, that Carey Price, uh, Jordan Bennington, Darcy Kemper, Mackenzie Blackwood, Carter Hart, and Marc-Andre Fleury are the net miners on Canada's long list uh, for the Olympics, according to TSN's Pierre Lebrun. 
um, reported on Thursday's edition of Insider Training. Each country was required to submit a list of 55 NHL players who could make the Olympic roster last Friday. Uh, countries were permitted to name 50 players and five goalies on each list, but Canada was given an exception to name six, given the uncertainty of Carey Price's situation and availability as he's still in the assistance program of the NHL. Uh, the netminder, like I said, is currently taking part in the NHL, NHL PA player assistance program. Uh, so I'm pretty sure, here's the thing. I don't know if Blackwood had gotten vaccinated prior to hearing about this, but I'm pretty sure that once he heard that he was going to be one of the six finalists to being one of the two, three goaltenders that goes to with Canada to the Olympics, it gave him extra motivation to decide, okay, I'm going to go out. I'm going to get vaccinated for the team, for my country, and just doing the right thing, even if he doesn't feel fully comfortable with it still. So he is going, he is officially vaccinated. So now we don't have to worry about that. That's just great news. We can now just move away from this and focus on just the guys getting healthy and getting ready to go. Hopefully Blackwood, who is still day-to-day -day on IR with recovering from his heel surgery, gets back sooner rather than later. Same thing with uh, Jonathan Bernier. But so far, Devils fans, uh, the Devils are off to a really good start, three and one. Uh, some guys are slowly starting to get back. So things are looking in the right direction. And it's about the team continuing to perform well and get off to the start that we need them to get off to in order for them to make a potential push and making and making the playoffs.